9. When you find the spot there in Isaiah chapter 9, I'll have you stand. We'll just read two verses this morning. Very familiar verses. Mrs. Evans, do you have any plans for that partial bag of Reese's? Here, have her put it in there. It's not a doctrinal change, amen, but close. Anytime you insert Reese's, that's, uh, you have an infusion of the Holy Ghost there, amen. <laughs> amen. Everyone found their spot this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, we'll read two verses. You know them well. Why don't you read them with me? Verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isn't that a great couple of verses in the Bible? Boy, it says a mouthful. It covers his first advent, his second advent. We're out of here by the end of the verse number seven. What a blessing it is all because the Lord sent a beautiful gift so many years ago. Coach, would you ask the Lord's help in the preaching this morning? Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I promise you, um, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm not just preaching now. I won't be long this morning. I know most of you have things to attend to. What's that? Oh, yeah, I've got no. Okay, here we go. But you might see things like this in your home and so forth and so on. And this is not just a uh, Dollar General box. It is from Dollar General. But uh, this is generally what would be contain the gift that we would give this time of year, amen? You say, why is there three gifts? You know, three wise men, well, whatever. I'm just, it's just three of them we decided to bring today. But, uh, but uh, this time of year, no doubt, uh, time and tradition will now kind of go on autopilot for a little bit, won't it? Now, I, I know I'm in church, and I know what I just said, but no matter what, time and tradition will kind of take over after the service. That's who we are. We're, we're people of, we're creatures of habit, and uh, plans have been made. Some have traveled long distances. Some have traveled no distances. <laughs> Amen. That's my lot, and that's my desire in life, is to one day not have to go anywhere. <laughs> Amen. No, just kidding. It's always good. To, it's always good. Mom's a great cook, and she never sends us away uh, hungry. If you go away hungry from Mom's house, it's because you chose not to eat. So shame on you. Amen. Of course, extra expenses have now been incurred. They have. <laughs> but all in all, the time for our families to get together has now come to the forefront. Everyone has purchased gifts, not so much because we could not live without those gifts. <laughs> 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 
But because for whatever reason we wanted the person we got the gift for, at least for a moment, to enjoy some happiness by giving them a gift. We want our loved ones to know that we took a few moments to think about them. Much of our way of life often revolves around this time of year, whether you're willing to look at it or not. There seems to be a gearing up of this week or the 12 days of Christmas, however that thing goes. Amen? We anticipate this day as children, and when we become adults, we're thankful when it is over. But at the end of the day, we take time to gather together as family and give presents because over 2,000 years ago, God the Father gave us the greatest present. It was a love gift from the Father to us. And I know you find this hard to believe, but I'd like to preach just a little bit about the present that he gave us. A present for you. A present for you. The greatest love gift the Father ever sent us. When I consider this present, I think sometimes it gets overlooked. You know society overlooks it. You know it gets overlooked in the busyness of what we're doing. Because sometimes what we're doing seems more important than why we're doing it. I'm not here to rain on anyone's parade for how they do it and what weird traditions and whether or not you've got ugly sweaters or weird recipes or however you do things in sports. I don't, I'm just glad you're able to get together with those that you love. Amen? Uh, because hopefully a majority of them are saved. Amen? If not, we need to pray for their salvation. But if they are saved, enjoy the time and build the memories, right? Build the memories and, and allow the solidification of families to get together and friends. But just stop for a minute and consider the present that God the Father gave us so long ago. And uh, I know he didn't send it in a box, but he did send it to us. He sent it to us a long time ago. So a little bit about this gift this morning. Nothing that I will say will be earth-shattering or like, oh, I've never heard that before. (laughs) But maybe just something to think about what he's done for you. Here, stop and think about that gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I just get to stop and think sometimes where I would be without that gift. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in a suit. There's one thing I hated growing up was wearing a suit. You say, well, you sure picked a dumb career. To I didn't pick it, amen. I did not call myself to preach. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I think probably I'd be about Brandon or Levi's age there, and and uh, it seemed like for the longest time, my dad would come into the room, all right, son, take your pants, and you hold them up like this, and you find the creases, and, you, and, and just hang up that, and, and, and every once in a while, I'd be like a good seven or eight-year-old and throw them in the corner, and he'd whip my tail for it. But at any rate, that's not what I'm talking about, but, you know, I think about where I would be without that gift. I wouldn't be in church. Um, I wouldn't love my family the way I love them today. You say, well, that's kind of scary. It sure is, isn't it? You ever stop to think that everything that you're not, how much worse you would be without that gift, the Lord Jesus Christ? Ever stop and think about how you think is tailored because of that gift that was given us 2,000 years ago? Some of you have convictions and standards, and thank God for them. God gave them to you, keep them. Now, if God didn't give them to you, Oh, you know, work out the ones that God gave you, amen? You ever stop and think about how you act? 
how you act around other people is generally because this gift 2,000 years ago. But about this gift, I'd like to preach just a little bit this morning. I want you to see, first of all, that this is a very personal gift. Very personal gift. The Bible says right here in our text, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Of course, you know, you've heard it <clears throat> so many times, and, and it's, it's okay to, to go down this road. But uh, the world, here you go, brother. This one's for you. The world wants us to keep that's about a child, amen? You know that. You've heard it. You get irritated by the, the publicity of the paganism and all that stuff that goes with it. But you know what? Unto us a child is born, but not only that, for unto us a son is given. The real reason for the gift. He had to come as a little boy, as a baby. But it's a personal gift. It's a... Aren't you glad this morning when you think about this gift that it was not just a gift to a select few? I think this morning of how ridiculous would it be to be a Calvinist? Merry Christmas. Well, you can't have Christmas because he didn't really come for you. <laughs> he just came for the elect, you know. Like, how ridiculous is that? Like half your family has Christmas and half of you don't, right? Half you love God and half you love the devil or something like that. Aren't you glad he just, he, he came for everybody? For God so loved the, oh, didn't it say world? I was thinking about, what is it, 1 Timothy 2.6, is it? How he gave himself a ransom for all. For all. That gift is personal. He gave it to everybody. It's a vast, inclusive gift. He didn't exclude anybody. He said, come unto me. It's a very personal gift this morning. You know, he's, he's a gift to sinners, isn't he? And I think as Christians, if you're not careful, you'll think, well, you know what? Yep, it's, it's Christmas time, and he's just there for the sinners. He is a gift for the sinners. But God commendeth us. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you glad he came for sinners? I am so glad God saves old sinners. Aren't you glad for that? I sure am. I'm sure glad that the Lord gave me the ability to realize that as an eight-year-old boy, I was headed to hell. And God saved this old sinner at a young age. But you know, he didn't just come for sinners. He came for saints, too. You say, how so, preacher? Well, Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. The Bible says, who gave himself for us, Right? that he might deliver us from this present evil world. You see, if you're here today and you're saved, Jesus Christ still came for you. And he came for you to deliver you from this present evil world. He didn't come for you so you would fall in love with this evil world. He didn't come for you so you'd get comfortable in this present evil world. Actually, he says, come out. Come out from among them and be separate. But he, if you're here today and you're saved, that gift is still for you. He will deliver you from this present evil world. You say, what does that mean? He'll give you victory over your own sins. Victory through temptation. Victory on a daily basis. You've heard it preached before. And when we got saved, he delivered us from the penalty of sin. Amen? I don't worry about hell. I don't. You say, why don't you worry about hell? I believe what God says. But as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God. 
even to them that believe on his name. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. I believe what God says. You say, I struggle with my salvation. Well, all you have to do is believe what God says. If you struggle with your salvation, I'll pray for you. But if you're here today and you struggle with whether or not you're saved and you've asked God to save you, you're in essence calling him a liar. Did he give you the gift or did he not? You see, it's a very personal gift. When he uh, saved me, that gift said, Jeremy Evans. But that one didn't say Jeremy Evans. That one doesn't say anything at all, actually. <laughs> it's a very personal gift. Don't you like gifts? You'd have heard the story told before at Christmas time and all that. Uh, excuse me, I'm an adult now, tending a little bit to be on the older side, and all that junk under the tree. Aren't you glad someone comes and opens it and takes it away? So don't sit there all year long. Especially if it was a puppy, that would be a good idea, amen? But it's a personal gift. He's a gift to sinners today. Aren't you thankful for that? And he's a gift to saints. Have you stopped to thank God for that gift? He's a personal gift, but not only that. It's a personal gift, but it's a very pure gift. Very pure gift. Take your Bible, go to a couple chapters back, Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. You see what the world wants us to do is get going faster and faster and faster. But I believe what the Holy Spirit would like us to do is to slow it down just a little bit. Slow it down. Take a look at this gift. Take a look at what the Lord has provided for you, what he's given to you. Isaiah chapter 7, look at verse 14. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You see that? You say, it's a pure gift, huh? Yep, it's a virgin-born gift. I mean, I believe in the virgin birth, amen? The Bible says it right there, a virgin shall conceive. How in the world can a virgin conceive? <laughs> the Holy Ghost, Luke chapter 1, overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful this morning for not only its personalness, but its pureness, the pureness of that gift. You see, if Jesus Christ was not born of a virgin, you know that he was a sinner. And the Bible said that he was not a sinner, neither was guile found in his mouth. Man, I'd like to meet a fellow like that, wouldn't you? I mean, you and I in a good day, we're pretty good old boys and girls, amen. But you hang around us long enough, that guile slips out, don't it? <laughs> we find out what's tripping your trigger, what's hanging you up, what's busting your yoke and all that. But the Bible says neither was guile found in his mouth. It was a pure gift. We believe in the virgin birth. The Bible declares the Old Testament prophesied it here. And you know, the New Testament proclaims it. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 1, just give you a quick refresher on what you already know this morning, trying to get you to consider the gift, the present that's before you this morning. And while you're looking at Matthew chapter 1, I better, I better deliver this before the, my other friend gets a little upset at me here. I got to thinking, I better not make him wait. It's a personal gift. It's a pure gift. This might not be as pure, but it's very personal. Amen. Mom and dad, I believe, would approve. Maybe? Okay. All right. Hopefully they do. Amen. Now look here in Matthew chapter 1. I want you to look at verse number 18. It is such a pure gift uh, from a pure book even. 
Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. You see how pure that book is? It describes his pureness in a most pure way. Beautiful, isn't it? Now let's look at verse 23. The Bible says again, he proclaims it, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. Boy, I've never heard of that besides the Bible case, have you? Matthew chapter 125 even further uh, uh, shows you the virgin birth, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. I look at one more place here in Luke chapter 1. The New Testament proclaims the virgin birth. The Old Testament prophesies concerning it. Now definitely what you already knew, but just a quick reminder of what the Lord has done for you and the purity of the gift that you have in your heart. 27, the Bible, verse, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Two times in that chapter, it reassures to you that she was a virgin. Neither had any man known her. Look at verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, she wasn't in a convent somewhere and never met a man. She's talking about a carnal knowledge. She was a virgin. She never knew a man. What a blessing to have that pure gift the Lord Jesus Christ brought to you and me. Have you considered the gift? Well, he's not only a personal gift, a pure gift, but how about this? He's a packaged gift. Uh, look over Luke chapter 2, one chapter over. He's a packaged gift, and this is how he's enveloped. Luke chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Notice he comes specially wrapped for you and me. Swaddling clothes. You say, what's that? Oh, just to keep him from, you know, falling out, I reckon. Just swaddling, just rat tattered old rags. Swaddling clothes. You say, what's the, what, is the, what is the significance of swaddling clothes? I mean... I don't know what you had. You had a blanket. You looked like a burrito when you were born. Amen. Now they do that. They'll do that whole tuck thing in there. And I mean, the kid couldn't hardly breathe if they didn't give him any room. Amen. But he came specifically wrapped for you and I. In John chapter 1, verse 29, he comes as the Lamb of God. But interesting enough, in John chapter 10, you know what he says? I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Came as the Lamb of God, yet he's known as the Good Shepherd. His envelopment was not only swaddling clothes, but also a manger. Look there in verse 7. Verse 7 it is. And laid him in a manger. You ever stop and think about that manger? He came enveloped in a manger. What is that? It's a trough for animals to eat out of. Ain't that something? What a package gift. Swaddling clothes and a trough. Now, Roman Catholicism says he came in a cave. You say, what do you say to that? We don't care what they say, amen. He came in a manger. Now, you're going to see probably stuff in your own hymn book that says in a cave, in a cave, in a cave, and we'll say in your ears for that. That's not a cave. It's a manger. That's Roman Catholic folklore. His envelopment was not only swaddling clothes, but also a manger, a trough for all animals to eat out of. Yet consider that Jesus Christ said in John chapter 6 and verse 35, I am the bread of life. Isn't it interesting? He was born and wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's his packaging. 
and his packaging, he was laying in that manger, and that is a trough for everyone to eat out of. And then John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. Consider the significance of the town of Bethlehem, which means house of bread. That's why he was born in that manger. It's a personal gift, a pure gift, and a gift that was packaged just for you and me. So we'd never be hungry. We'd never thirst. Have you thought about that gift lately? I'm sure you have. Not only that, but it's a packaged gift. How about this? It's a preeminent and prize-winning gift. You say, that's kind of silly. Go back to Isaiah just for a second. Show you some things about this gift. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You have something... If you have received this gift, you have something that you don't truly understand yet. Amen? You, if you've received that gift and you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, yes, you've been delivered from the penalty of sin. Amen? And you can be now delivered daily uh, from the power of sin. But this prize-winning and preem preeminent uh, gift, I tell you, one day you're going to be delivered from the power of sin. And I'm looking forward to that aspect of that gift. I'm telling you what, I could, I could blow a gasket right now, but I won't do that and ruin your little dinner, amen. I am so sick and tired of this world. I'm sick and tired of them throwing everything at me no matter what I do. I could say something and that stupid phone will hear it and suggest things to me as soon as I open up a, 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 a internet thing or whatever like that and my wife and I can talk about something and that's so smart and they try to shove it in my face and try to vi violate me with I'm sick and tired of this world but let me tell you what the gift that he gave me one day will be that prize winning gift. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 this world ought to make you mad. Sin ought to make you mad. It ought to make you mad enough to put a cap on your devilment and appreciate the gift you have. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, just like those 12 tribes was on the shoulder of Aaron. You know what that thing's saying? That Jesus Christ is the great high priest. And his name shall be called. You see that? Shall. Be called. Is his name called Wonderful right now? Sure ain't. Might be amongst Christians. But one day it shall be called Wonderful. Right now it's a cuss word for the most part. Right now a lot of times in this world when they say Jesus Christ they ain't very happy. <laughs> but one day his name shall be called Wonderful. Shall be called, look at it, what's next? Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince. Of peace, you see that the Prince of Peace. Now I know you know this, Amen. You're saying you love the Lord. There is no peace on this earth right now, is there? Now there's just enough holding this country together, so you and I can meet. We're one of the few countries that can meet like this. See what I mean? I want you to get a hold of that this morning. That people all across this nation will meet in private, in fear. They'll meet in, in trepidation, worrying whether or not their own government will discover them and throw them in prison. We really have it pretty good. But you know what? There is no peace on this earth. The Bible says there is no peace to the wicked, the Bible says. There is no peace right now on this earth apart 
from Jesus Christ. You see what I mean? The Bible says over in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, when a man trusts the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior, it's then and only then can he receive that peace. Not only that, but the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. So as a Christian, we know this. As soon as you are saved, you have the peace of God. But then, you have to allow that peace to rule in your life. And the more you live for Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit begins to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is peace. But to this world, there's no peace. There's no peace to the wicked, the Bible says, over there in the book of Psalms. But you know, one day, you say, I thought you were talking about the preeminent and prize winning or whatever uh, alliterated P I put on that thing, about that, that uh, a preeminent gift. One day he's coming back as the Prince of Peace. One day he's coming back. I mean, it won't always be this way. It won't always be sag, bag, and drag for the Christian. It won't. It won't be all, you won't be all disappointed you got to spend time with your mother-in-law, amen? I got a couple of chuckles out of that. It won't be always, a, you know, disgusted that you got to go to work and, and work with people that don't care about you, and you really don't care about them either. I'm telling you, one day he's coming back as the Prince of Peace. You say, how does that work? I tell you what, to get peace on this earth, He's got to put down all rule. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 24. He's got to put down all rule. He's got to put down all power. And his name shall be called. I'm telling you what the gift you got if you got Jesus Christ is one day he will bring peace on this earth, which there is no peace right now. Everyone's trying to get peace on earth and goodwill toward men. That's a great Christmas theme. But there's no peace on earth until he comes back. Sure, I'm wanting him to come back. You say, aren't there things on your bucket list? Let me tell you what, at 48, that bucket list is getting really short. <laughs> well, don't you want to achieve? <laughs> yeah, but no. <laughs> Just give me an axe, a pile of wood, and maybe a saw, some gas, and earl, I'm good. I want the Lord to come back. Why? Because that gift now is inside of me. And I long for heaven because half of me is already there. I'm, I'm already with him up there in glory. I'm trying to stir you up this morning about this gift. One day Jesus Christ comes back. He comes back as the Prince of Peace. And he brings, he brings peace on this earth through destruction. Now I'm glad when he comes back, I'll be coming back with him. Will you? You see, if you don't have, if you haven't received the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's that glaring fact that you won't be coming back with him, but maybe you'll be the object of his wrath. You say, why? Because you didn't take a free gift that was given to you. That's what's a gift. For unto us, a child is born. For unto us, a son is given. You know, that son, it was given. For you and I. That's the best gift ever. Someone given to take the sin and the death and the hell that we so desperately deserved. What a great gift this morning. 
it's not only all of that, but it's, it's also a very appealing gift. I mean, you give me a gift with Reese's in it, I'm paying attention. I like it. Amen? I mean, now we're friends, you know? I think, I think instead of, you know, these uh, goofy world leaders, they get together and they serve this expensive wine and champagne. They just ought to start the thing off with some Reese's. And, I mean, things would go a lot smoother. It's germ. Okay, I'll get back to preaching here. So, <laughs> said throw my two cents in there, amen. But this gift is a very appealing gift. Notice this in John 3.16, you know the verse so well. Nothing new under the sun here. Nothing new that you don't already know. But it's, it's, it's appealing, it's lovely, for God so loved the world. You realize when he gave us this gift, he did it because he loved us. And the place of his love, of course, as you and I know, is found at Calvary. I'm reading over there in Song of Solomon 5.16, and you know what he says? He's altogether lovely. Whew, that's appealing. I tell you what, if you tell me you love me, I'm like, okay, I'll listen. But if you show me that you love me... Now I'm in. And the Lord showed how much he loved us by sending his son to this sin-cursed world. You know the old song, he left the portals of heaven, or the portals of God. I'll mess the thing up. He left the splendor of heaven, knowing his destiny. He came here, he knew exactly what he had to go through, exactly what he had to deal with. He left a perfect place, he left the palace, he came to the pit, and he did it for you and I. How lovely is that? It's altogether lovely. You don't deserve that, I don't deserve it, but yet he did it for you and me. Man, what a gift is that? You would never take that back. You would never ask for a refund on it either says he's altogether lovely. You know, he was lovely in life. Acts 10, 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. That's pretty good, isn't it? He went about doing good. He was lovely in life. He was the precious, darling Son of God. He went about doing good. That's what was said about him. He was lovely in life, but yet he was lovely in death. Isaiah 53, 7, the Bible says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. I struggle with that. You say, I find that hard to believe, preacher. I really do. I mean, you oppress me. There's just enough German in me. I'm going I'm to put the beat down on you, amen. Why? I'm no good. He was oppressed. Yet he opened not his mouth. The Bible says, uh, though he was reviled, he reviled not again. I think about how they slap Jesus Christ. You ever been, I mean, I mean, someone just haul off and slap you? You ever watch these stupid slapping contest videos? I'm like, what a bunch of idiots. And they win money for that. I don't care. I, count me out. I mean, I had that across my face a few times as a boy. It only took once or twice. And I was in line. Amen? Amen. He sure was lovely in death. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was innocent and he never tried to tell anybody he was innocent. He just took it. He knew it. It's a very appealing gift, but 
pretty much the people's gift here. A very plain gift. A lowly gift. Can I tell you this as I try to close and bring a, a, this thing back to where it should be? It's a perpetually persistent gift. It just means it never ends. You say, how so? Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the fact is this. If you're here today without Jesus Christ, you are headed for hell. There's no doubt about it. There's no purgatory. That's a, another Roman Catholic folklore. That's a dream. That's something that didn't even show up until the 1400s. There's, there's no purgatory. There's no limbo. Uh, there's no place in between, you know. There's no, I'm going to come back as a cat <laughs> in a room full of rocking chairs. There's none of that stuff. You're either here today, you've received the gift of Jesus Christ, or you haven't, and you're headed to a place called hell. You say, why would you say that? Why would you not? Let me ask you this question. If your house is on fire, and I knew you were in there, and you're in there watching, you know, what is it, Sunday night football or whatever the thing is. Who's playing tonight? <laughs> no one's going to say a word. <laughs> and your house is on fire, and I'm looking at your house, and it's burning up in the attic there, and the flames are up there, and I just walk by. Would you be upset with me? Wouldn't you say, hey, your house is on fire! Oh, you're just opinionated. Shut up and go away. Okay, burn, huh? We're just here to tell you there's a gift called Jesus Christ. It's free. It's perpetually persistent. If you receive the gift, it's eternal life. You don't have to keep doing it. Jesus Christ died once for all. You receive this gift once. But let me tell you what. If those gifts sit under the tree and you never go grab that gift and make it yours, it's not really a gift. It's just something under a tree. It's a perpetual, perpetually persistent gift, which brings us back to how personal it really is. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. There are so many verses in the New Testament that talk about the gift, the gift, the free gift. We haven't even touched on any of those. We don't need to. You know the gift is there. Have you received the gift? You say, preacher, yes, I've received the gift. What are you doing with it then? It's not just for sinners, but it's for saints too. The gift is, yes, to get you freed from the penalty of sin, but now have you appropriated its power? Are you being delivered from the power of sin on a daily basis? Are you looking forward to being delivered from the presence of sin one day? What are you doing with the gift if you have it? Have you told someone else about that gift? Are you just going to keep it all to yourself? Let me ask you this question. Uh, did you deserve that gift? No, you sure didn't. We should probably tell someone else about this gift today if we can. The day is dawning before that trumpet's going to sound. And we're going to be whisked away out of here. Those who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. Are you ready to meet him? Are you even aware of the gift that he's given to you? As we draw this Christmas service to a close, let me ask you this morning. Have you received the free gift of God, the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Has there ever been a time in your life where you got down on your knees and said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I've been living a sinful life. I know I'm headed for hell. I know the road that I'm on is a dead-end road straight to hell. I repent of my sins, and I'm trusting the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior for my salvation. Please save me in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, like I just said before, let me ask you this. What have you done with your gift? What have you done with your present? The Lord gave you a present so many years ago. That's why he came. For unto us a child is born. There he is in the manger. For unto us a son is given. There he is on the cross. And one day he's coming back. He shall be called Wonderful. He shall be called the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We sing these Christmas carols and not to try to beat them up doctrinally, but they say, come desire of nations. He's not the desire of nations yet, but one day he will. Why? That's the fulfillment of that gift. I look forward to that day. You know what? If you've trusted Jesus Christ, you'll see that. And you'll go, this is what we were preached about all these years. This is why we we're living for the Lord like we were. This is why we trusted him by faith, because now our faith will be made sight. Mrs. Evans comes with an organ this morning. I wondered if you've ever received this gift. I wonder if you've taken time out of the busyness and the shopping and the plans and the preparations to thank God for the gift. Ask him to give you the ability to take this gift to somebody else, maybe a family member. He said, I don't know how to do that. There's Christmas tracks in the back. You heard about that earlier. Take the gift. Give it to someone. Give it to someone while the Holy Spirit's burning within you. Because as the days go by, sometimes that waxes and wanes, doesn't it? Sometimes it goes away. And you've got to get refilled on that. What have you done with the gift? Have you availed yourself to its purity? Have you appropriated its power? Have you personalized its presence? Thank God for that gift.